0: Good morning, and welcome to another daily live webcast called GenCast, the live show that happens Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, here on YFDLive.com. Thank you so much for showing up live or watching this video later on YouTube or iTunes. Today is Focus Friday, and we have guest Mamika Cooney on, who is an international award-winning photographer, and now works with photographers on making sure they're able to market services. So with Mamika, we're going to talk a little bit about, of course, what she does and how she helps photographers. But we're going to open it up and to a B2C service-based talk and how we can focus on growing our companies if we serve a consumer in a service-based type of a manner versus just creating products. So I'm your host, Jennifer Dono. You can tweet me at Jennifer Dono. Use the hashtag GenCast. And let's go ahead and get started. Mamika, thank you so much for joining us this morning
1: yes thanks for having me i'm so excited to be on your show
0: (laughs) i know right this is fun so mimika tell us a little bit i said that you're an international award-winning photographer and now you're not necessarily behind the camera as much as you are helping others that are behind the camera so what is it that you're doing and how did you get to this point
1: Perfect. Well, I've been a professional photographer for 10 years. I started my training um, and my career in, in England and I subsequently went through all the different types of genre from weddings, family, children, babies, maternity. I've run the gamut. And over the years, what I've developed is a system in my own photography studio that has helped me stay successful in a very competitive and saturated market. Now, what I'm doing now as of this year is I still shoot on a more low volume, high quality basis, but primarily I'm putting all my energies in to helping other creatives and photographers run a successful business because I've learned along the way it's actually 80% business and 20% photography.
0: <laughs> but you know well, and it's funny we had Alex um Alex beadin on Oh yes on I love Alex I know her she's a, a an email friend of mine <laughs> Yeah so she's done something similar to you where she is uh she was doing the whole behind the camera thing but she was saying that she got started as an amateur in college and she said, I'm gonna go ahead and make money at this. So she didn't go to photography school or anything like that. Do you think that that is a common route for a lot of photographers that you're working with? Is that they get, well, a, yes. they get I mean, the
1: camera? Well, that's the thing is for me, I'm a classic mom with a camera. So I have always loved art. I started you know, doing art from a young age. And um, when I, as soon as I had my first child, I fell in love with photography, just having that creative outlet, being able to capture the moment. And it just grew. I was an amateur for five years before I turned pro and I consumed everything photography that I possibly can. Now bear in mind, I came from a business background. I come from an online marketing um, and writing background, so I did a lot of PR and the business side is what I kind of did first. So when I started to become a photographer, I really relied on those skills in order to be successful. And um from a photography perspective, you know you really need to learn your craft. So for me, I spent years practicing, honing, learning, going on workshops, you know, being mentored by people, and I spent a ton of money on getting educated the right way. So as a classic mom with a camera, you develop that skill and you develop the craft, but there comes a tipping point. and that comes when you decide, okay, I love what what I'm doing. But now I want to make a career out of it. And there's a very, very different path. So depending on where you're at in your life, if you want to make this a business, you really need to look at it just like any other business. Have a business plan. Have a marketing plan. And know where you're going before you even set out.
0: Well, and that makes sense. And I like that you brought up the fact that, yes, you were an amateur, but you spent a lot of money in making sure that you were able to to uh, be trusted by these people that are hiring you to take photos of their wedding or their babies or whatever it is later on but you've really put money into developing that professional skill now we want to get into the actual you serving consumers so at mm-hmm. the very beginning um let's not even say at the very beginning we showed briefly a quick video of you getting ready and leaving for the day now when you were if focused on photography and being behind the camera, did you have an outside studio that you went to? Do you feel like that's something that's important, whether you're a photographer or someone that's designing wedding invitations for people or a wedding planner or someone in PR? Do you think it's important that if you're serving that consumer that you have that space outside your home? Was that something you- Well, I don't
1: think that's necessarily needed. And I've definitely had uh, both sides of the story. At the moment, I have my studio run in my home. So sort of about 30% of my business is actually pure photography space but prior to that you know where there's a will there's a way you don't necessarily have to have a dedicated space because remember um, retail space and when you're paying for that space does cost a lot of money but when you're starting out and this is something I hear a lot from photographers because I do mentoring for photographers and business owners and um, a lot of the time what I'm teaching them is that you need to just start where you're at a lot of the time when you start a business you don't have a huge um, budget to work with and that if you're wanting to reach consumers a lot of the time, you can actually meet them where they're at. So when I was in weddings, I would actually go meet at clients' homes and take samples of my wedding albums and show them, um, you know, a DVD or a slideshow on the TV right in their own homes. The same time as before I had a studio, I would be shooting on location, but I still always made the time to meet with my clients beforehand to plan that. So you don't necessarily have to have a space. But it just gives you somewhere to base yourself and for consistency purposes. Well, and let's go back to the actual, because you're saying, I think this is great.
0: You're bringing it back into reality. If you don't have that client base to begin with to be putting money into rent every month, uh, don't do it. And also, I mean, as far as you were talking about putting money into... Uh, honing in on our craft and really improving it, what it is that we do. You said at the beginning it's, you know, 80% business, 20% actual photography. So where should we be putting our money as service-based business owners? Should we be putting more and more into professional development or should we be putting it into, um, you know,
1: hiring someone
0: to do our marketing sales? What do you use usually tell your, your well. clients?
1: yeah, I mean, it, people come to me for mentoring in all stages of their business. Some of them come when they're right in the beginning where they have no clients, they have no reputation and they have no money. And that's <laughs> you know that's a hard place to be because you basically need to really work the system and do a lot of things, uh, you know like um in the portfolio building stage, which is usually like the first year of business. And when I was in doing when I was doing weddings, I shot about four or five weddings I did for friends for free just so I could get my foot in the door to have that portfolio. Because as a photographer, you need to show your work before people will have the the trust in you to hire you. So it's kind of a different kind of business model where you're a service provider and you're providing a product. And a lot of the time it's based on faith of something you're going to provide in the future. So I definitely say education is paramount believe me when you wake up on that wedding day and you are trusted with those that bride's memories if you don't know how to work your camera you don't know how to how to see light or how to know your the technical side of your craft you will crash and burn and it's a really difficult place to be in. So definitely if you're starting out you really need to have a good understanding of how your camera works as well as how the craft of photography and then usually when people come to me they've been in business maybe two or three years they've been doing it they've been doing a lot of things for free or they, they, they don't know where to take it to the next stage, that's when you really need to know to invest it in business. I'm not saying when you're starting that you shouldn't think of the business side. That's hugely important too. But it all starts with planning. So I would say, depending on where you're at in your career, think about where you want to end up and work backwards and then look at investing um, money every year in your education as well as providing a good service to your clients. And it's a growth process like any business, you know, depending on where you're at, you go as it goes.
0: That's a great point, having that roadmap and knowing that you are going to have to do the grunt work at the beginning, do those free services, making sure that your name is out there. Uh, we've talked to Michelle Moore and Alex Speedin, uh, who are professional photographers, and they both said that when they started out, they had to do free work. It's so important to have that full per- portfolio and also, you know, perfect what it is that you're doing. Um, but at the same time, I love that you brought it up that at some point, f- you can't be doing free work <laughs> anymore. Yeah. You have to charge because you're getting Better at what you're doing, Uh, so I mean that's a tricky part. When do you know when to raise your rates or when to say no? Actually, I can't do that for free anymore. At what point? Yes, and that's
1: uh, definitely a touchy subject. And I happen to have written a blog post called "Photographer Dies of Exposure" because there is this (laughs) thing that's going on in in the industry that because you're a photographer and you have a camera that you know, you should be cheap because everyone is a photographer nowadays, right? My smartphone makes me a photographer. So, and it's really hard to find that position. And a lot of the time it comes down to confidence and knowing that you have the skills. I mean, this is a generalization, but for me, I've personally found this to be true that once you've been a photographer for two years, then you get to really know what it is to develop a business because the first two years are are what I would call the honeymoon period where oh I love to take pictures and sure I'll do it for free sure I'll come and do that and eventually you start to realize like hang on free doesn't pay the bills I need to pay the bills so you need to figure out okay this is when I'm ready to start charging so a lot of the time when I'm training photographers who's starting out I say don't start charging peanuts and just because you feel like, oh, somebody wants to pay me for doing something I love. Rather, stay in portfolio building mode, which would be, okay, I'm going to be doing this. Um, I want to be building my portfolio. So I'm going to be doing this session, Or, um, but this is what the value of my services should be. But because I'm building it in to my portfolio building, then when you get to that stage and you've got a portfolio of the work, that's you and of the style that you want to use, then you can say, okay, I'm confident now, now I can charge prices. Because unfortunately the photography industry is suffering a lot from um, the sort of pro-ams we like to call them, or the wannabe photographers who just feel, oh, $100 is a lot of money. Oh, I can go and spend uh, 30 minutes and go and take um, my next-door neighbor's family portraits and, oh, wow, that's $100 I didn't have. But when you start to look at it as a business, You start to equate how much your time is worth. Now, it's not just being with your clients. It's the time you spend preparing. It's the time you spend editing and retouching. The time you spend putting the order together, delivering, email, marketing, social media. I mean, the list goes on and on. So that is why it's so key to really hone in on designing this as a business so you can charge accordingly.
0: Well, and I love that you bring that up, uh, the idea that you have to factor in not just the time that you're actually spending fulfilling the service, but everything else. I mean, driving to see the client, there's women on the chat that are agreeing with you, going to the client is great. That's what you should be doing. It makes them feel comfortable, that kind of thing. Well, you need to factor in that time to make sure that you're getting paid and reimbursed for any expenses as well, because if you were running a company where you had an employee going out, they would want that, their gas time or whatever, expensed same as you. So anyway, um another thing that I thought that you brought up was interesting was uh was, so doing line items, going back into the budget, bringing back it into the foundation of of creating this business rather than just going and saying, oh, it's an extra $100 for me, is the idea of client, um, gosh, I'm totally just blanking on what that's called,
1: <laughs> uh, getting a client, the cost of getting a client, what's mm-hmm. that called? I forget the- Yes, like a CPM, yes, I understand what you mean. Yes, I mean, basically there's a lot of ways that you can get a client nowadays and unfortunately photographers tend to undervalue themselves because put it this way, when I go to my accountant and he does my books, he doesn't blink twice to charge me a hundred or two hundred or three hundred dollars an hour for his expertise and his time. Now the problem with photographers is they don't factor in that into their pricing model because they think just it's only when I'm holding a camera that I should be charging for. But it is it goes before that and after that that you have to factor in the costs of your time as well as writing off your equipment, building in profit as well as looking at planning for the future. So that's why I say, you know, and a lot of us photographers, including me, suffer from ADD, especially, especially <laughs> entrepreneurial ADD. You know, like, oh, look at that shiny thing. And, oh, look at that shiny thing. Maybe I should be on Pinterest int- or maybe I should do this. We just like, you know, information overload. So it's really hard to stay focused. But what I would say is in order to have this as a successful business, you need to know your numbers. It's like really key to know what it is you should be charging, how much time you have available, and what you should be earning per hour. So just like you would be a service provider, whatever service you're offering, in a, whether it's a creative field or in, you know, corporate field, you need to have your time paid for. Well, so, yeah.
0: the cost of acquiring a client—that's, I mean, that's a big thing that I feel like a lot of us forget—is that it's going to cost us time, money, whatever. It's a Facebook ad, blah blah blah. You have to add that into the service to make sure that that marketing expense is taken care of. So, as far as marketing goes, where should we putting be putting our dollars as service providers that uh, serve a clientele that is based off of consumers?
1: Definitely. Well, what I have found in the past is that. Having been in an online marketing um, background, you know, a lot of things were always geared towards SEO and having the right website. But I can tell you something, we have gone back to becoming a relationship economy. You really build relationships, especially when you are appealing to consumers on people you know. So I would say, even though you might want to be spending all the hours on Facebook and, and Facebook ads and Google AdWords and Instagram and social media, You know, the real place you're going to get the really good value clients is from other people and through other people recommending you. So I am a big believer on building those relationships and those networks. Like if you're a wedding photographer, go to the local florist in your area and make friends with them. Maybe shoot uh, some of the flowers they have and provide them the images um, as a way of, you know, building your portfolio when you're starting. So they get to know you and like you and trust you because people do business with people they know, like and trust, right? And I really feel that when you know people and you start to build that networks, the referrals start coming. It takes a little while to get going, but a referral doesn't cost you any money, but it costs you a little bit of time and a little bit of effort. So take the wedding florist or the wedding cake um, baker, and a box of chocolates and cookies is probably the best marketing investment I have made in building my business when (laughs) I was a wedding photographer.
0: (laughs) So you're saying that you don't
1: necessarily even have to
0: have because I feel like there's a lot of pressure on us right now to put out these huge uh, affiliate fees. I know with us and when we first started in web hosting, that was the thing. Every web hosting company had an affiliate program where they basically gave away a free year of hosting for someone referring uh, a client and it was a very large expense. So is that something that you feel like is is needed? Do we have to give someone a fee or something in return for referring someone to us?
1: Well, I mean, that just depends on the relationship. Like when I was shooting weddings, I didn't necessarily um, pay an actual monetary amount for referrals, but it was kind of like quid pro quo. You know, you kind of trade services and I'm all for whenever you can get something um, for free by trading your time, especially when you're starting out and you've got time on your hands, definitely do it. Like if someone wants, um, you know, a favor to do something that you have available, you have the skills available, then you don't necessarily have to exchange money, but you've got to think outside the box that you don't necessarily have to pay for advertising But referrals is a tricky one. As a photographer, you're not just dealing with an online um, uh, market, you're dealing with actual people. But, you know, coming from both sides, I have worked on both sides where you'd give them a small referral fee for sending you business. And this just has to be done on a need to know basis. But I hear you definitely if those kind of fees can start to rack up pretty quickly if they aren't bringing you any business.
0: Well, Mamika, I love the advice, especially to get creative and think outside of the box. We don't all have to be giving 70% of, of our fee away to a refer to make them happy. Uh, so Mamika, where can everyone find out more about you
1: and what you do for photographers online? Sure. Well, definitely come and visit me at my website, which is mimikakuni.com, and I have a free ebook download called Modern Marketing and I will be sending you some really fun and entertaining and useful video tips. So make sure to join my mailing list there as well as you can say hi to me on social media. I'm on uh, Facebook at Cooney fans and Pinterest, LinkedIn, Google Plus and all the others. You just search for my name and you will find me.
0: Fantastic. All right, Mamiko. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me, Jane. Take care. All right, everyone. You've been watching Mamika Cooney. She talked to us about growing a business to consumer company. And oh my goodness, whether you are a photographer or whatever, uh, she gave great advice. Hopefully you guys can apply it. And make sure that you comment below with letting us know uh, how it is that you're growing your business to consumer business. So this has been Jennifer Dono with the uh, daily live webcast called GenCast, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Definitely join us on YFELive.com. Check in on the chat and on the hashtag GenCast. Join YFE.me forward slash mail it to keep in the loop with everything young female entrepreneurs. Hope to see you back here next Monday for another Members Only Monday with GenCast. Thanks, everyone. Happy weekend.